1: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Very special episode today. The Pro-America Report dedicated 100% of the program to Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, the great uh, American leader, the first Republican uh, leader, the president of the United States, martyred uh, because of his leadership, an extraordinary guy, not a 100% great record, by the way. I think there's people, my good friend Ron Calzone out in Missouri, he gets mad about uh, my, uh, my appreciation of Lincoln. He says Lincoln stepped too far, went too far, did the ding, 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 ding all that stuff. I get all that. But in terms of American originals and American successes and Americans in sort of full and and living and breathing Americanness, Lincoln's pretty much up there. In many ways, one of the greatest self-taught people in history. I mean, he had some education, but not much. He had a very wonderful, uh, uh, very complicated wife, complicated woman, but a very wonderful support to him. An incredible amount of suffering in his life, in deep faith, serious, biblically based faith. This is a real. This is a real American original. He had se- significant failures. You know, he ran for Senate. That was supposed to be his great success. He's going to be a U.S. senator and got beat by uh, Stevens. I mean, excuse me, Stephen Douglas. The Lincoln Douglas debates. Anyway, extraordinary character. So we're going to talk about him all day, all, all program. Because earlier today, all day Monday, I mean, a lot of folks had off, a lot of federal holidays. I was traveling, so I'm recording this ahead of time. And the great Noah, our technical director, is putting it together ahead of time so we could do this. So uh, we want to do that. Celebrate Lincoln, and also I've got these two great interviews. I'm going to play a. I'm going to play a uh, them again. I'm going to do an encore encore presentation of the two recent interviews with John Cribb, the author of Old Abe. And I'm going to ask you, buy the book. I'm asking you a favor. Buy the book. Buy Old Abe. Because it's really good, you'll like it. Historical novel about Abe Lincoln from right before he was nominated to be president. The nomination was up in Chicago, and then he gets the nomination, then he wins the election, then he travels to D.C., then he's president, and it ends with his death. Historical novel, it's got a lot of context. It gives um, uh, Abe Lincoln a lot of um, meat on his bones. So the bones you see in our history of the pictures of him and the images and the kind of dour and, and angular and too thin. Well, the, uh, John Cribb put some meat on the bones with this. So I want you to buy Old Abe and I want you to do that. Now, I do want to talk about two traits that Lincoln is, it's important to understand. I'm going to ask John, I asked John about this in the interview. I'm going to ask John about this. He's become a friend. I'm going to ask him more about it. One is Lincoln became a very good writer. And one of the problems in the modern era, in my mind, including for myself, is we do a lot of communicating by phone, by email, by text, and getting down and really writing. Writing, you know, with a beginning and an end, with support and being systematic, persuasive, using language well. Writing is becoming a lost art. It doesn't count to text. It doesn't count to do six-word uh, six or 12-word emails. That doesn't count. It's not really writing. And I'll just remind you this. One of the great discoveries of the last 50 years was when researchers, I think it was at Stanford at the Hoover Institution, but it could be wrong. It could be wrong where they were, but they, there were people that were working on Reagan and, and they were saying, well what is Reagan what exactly what parts of his, uh, his work did he do uh, and what did he do and, and how did he um, how did he go forward and, and write his who wrote his speeches? who was behind all of his different things and what what was discovered in a closet Unbelievably, by, by uh, uh, the the Chiron uh, uh, Skinner, a researcher, and the Andersons, Martin Anderson and Annalise Anderson, a husband and wife, they discovered a box of 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 legal uh, um, pads, yellow legal pads. You can picture them when I say it like that. And what they dis- what they had discovered I- extraordinarily was the legal pads upon which Ronald Reagan. Wrote his 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 commentaries from the time he lost the nomination in 1976 to Gerald Ford, and they campaigned for Ford. But starting in 1977, for about three years, two and a half years until he became the nominee, he was writing a, his own radio commentaries that were airing weekly, and they were these these um uh, yellow legal pads had his own handwriting, and they showed that Reagan was writing his own material, and you. Almost can see him clarifying and contextualizing and supporting what he believed. Almost the word is crystallizing. So that by the time he was the president, he'd had this three year uh, advanced course in clarifying his mind by writing. And that's the secret. Lincoln did it too. He clarified his mind and his thinking by writing. That's one trait that Lincoln had that was extraordinary. People don't realize it. They think he gave this great speech at Gettysburg and all these things. He was a writer that gave him clarity. The second trait that everybody had, and this is, I mean, everybody knows now, but this was the one is he was persistent. He was steadfast. And by that, I meant, I mean, he just hung in there. Because he was absolutely devastated by being president when he was it was a terrible job. it was a miserable job he was he nobody was happy with him and then he was living in an era where he was he did lose your children to illness sometimes your spouse he didn't do that although she lost him to to this assassination but he just hung in there, and you know a lot of life whatever the thing, whoever um uh, said, it, you know, half of life is just showing up, um, you know, half of life is just showing up, the other half is just hanging in there, just hanging in there, and when you see how and why he did it, not why, how he did it, he did it with his faith, I think that's right, John Cribb said that was true, but he also just did it with a sort of sense of that's who he was, And my argument to you all, and we'll listen to these words and we'll finish the program. I'll tell you about the great uh, Lincoln Library, Presidential Library and Museum in Springfield, Illinois. But my argument to you is that Lincoln is is exceptional and extraordinary, but he's also just very American. And at our heart of it, we just keep hanging in there. We hang in there. We figure out ways to get it done. We never give up on uh, sort of the vision of who we are. It doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean there's not mistakes made. But I think Lincoln. I'm really um, impressed that Lincoln could be uh, someone that look we look to in terms of his um, how he lived his life. And you know, uh, um, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked. She had great devotion to Washington, uh, George Washington as the Indispensable Man. That's the title of a biography uh, written by one of uh, Washington's biographers, and certainly it's a great title, and it's certainly true. He was the Indispensable Man for uh, the Revolution. But in a similar way, Lincoln was, uh, you know, was, a, was a pivotal man. You know, the, the pivot that Lincoln uh, delivered for America, uh, and some people would say, oh, someone else could have done it, or the pivot could have happened in a different way, might not have been so bloody, etc. Those are all, you know, left to history, you know, you know, uh, uh, ifs and buts, um, you know, are, are hard to figure out. But extraordinary life, and I, I want to encourage you. Uh, to enjoy these two interviews again with John Cribb and to enjoy my description of the, the presidential library the Abraham Lincoln presidential library and museum a great place and just in general to celebrate this all-american incredible success that is Abraham Lincoln as, uh, as you're uh, listening to this program or this podcast and uh, just appreciate what a great man he was all right we will take a break and we come back two great interviews from John Cribb the author of Old Abe the book published by Republic Book Publishers it's Said Martin here on the Pro America Report. Enjoy. Welcome back. Welcome back, Ed Martin. Reminder, you can follow me uh, at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, Ed Martin Live on Facebook, and uh, also, of course, visit ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for my daily email. If you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you'll see a few times in the last month or two, I interviewed a gentleman named John Cribb. He's a best-selling author. He's uh, co-authored books with uh, Bill Bennett back in the day. Uh, the uh, I think one of them was the American Patriots' Almanac, maybe the Book of Virtue also. Uh, he's a writer, and he's done a lot of different Things, but he's written a book uh, last year, uh, September last year came out, published by uh, Republic Book Publishers, a great publishing house. Uh, my old friend Al Regnery runs it, and it's extraordinary. And he's they're publishing great books, but this book is called Old Abe, and it's a historical novel, and it's fantastic. It's 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 a great book. It's just entertaining because you know who Abe Lincoln is, but it's written as a novel, and so it moves along, and it's all it's just wonderful. And I can't can't encourage people enough uh, to get this book and to read and especially you're talking about Abe Lincoln's birthday. So, John Cribb, as I welcome you back, that's my first question. In Abe Lincoln's life... Did he have a sense? I know it was abruptly ended, of course, but did he have a sense that he had already become a historic figure? You know, you know we mark his birthday. He's one of the universally respected uh, presidents. A lot of his foibles from that time are forgotten, if not almost celebrated. Did he, in his life, was it clear that he was a historic figure or was it like a lot of things, uh, you know, just life?
0: That's Yeah, that's a great question. That's the first time anybody's asked me that question, and, uh, and, and thanks for having me on, uh, Ed. I really appreciate it. You're and welcome, John. was exchanging uh, emails with Al Ragnar earlier today, so uh, he's, a, he's oh, good. a great guy, yeah. great fellow. Yeah. He is, um, yep. Yeah, you know, um, I think the answer to that is probably no, he did not during his life— uh, you know, have a sense that he was going to be the historic figure that he is today, um and we forget, of course, we most of us anyway regard him as a as a hero, most Americans, not all of us, but most of us, but right. yeah, you know, during his time, Lincoln, in many ways, through much of the war was savaged uh, by, you know, what we call the mainstream press today. And I'm talking about the northern press, not, I mean, right. the southern press, of course he was. But, I mean, he was called a, a clown and a root from the prairies who was in over his head. He was called a, a tyrant and a, and a, and a demon, um, largely just simply because the war did not go well for, uh, you know, for, for the first for several, for few years. Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm, by the end of the war, I felt, I think he... he Felt more comfortable uh, with the idea that he had done a good job, and I think for the first time towards the very end, he began to feel like he really was, you know, kind of that that father Abraham figure that some some people in in the country viewed him as. But uh, it really wasn't until after he was gone that he was, uh, you know, began to be revered as the uh, as the great president that we
1: think of him as now. We were talking with uh, John Cribb, and he's the author of the book Old Abe. Old, Old Abe is uh, published by Republic Book Publishers. If you go to republicbookpublishers.com, you'll see the story there. Al Regner, you mentioned, is uh, the president and the publisher, longtime uh, publisher, a huge history, and ca- paired up with a gentleman named Eric Camp- Campen, ca- excuse me, Campman, and they do a great job. Sure. Lots of really cool books. Uh, Old Abe now, John, when I read this book, I was so intrigued and interested in all the details. We've talked in the past. Uh, you know, Abe Lincoln, when he came to, <laughs> I've said, said this the last time i interviewed you that they came to his inauguration he snuck into town because there was threats yeah. of uh violence and so they said to him yeah we in order to be safe uh we're not going to take amtrak down from delaware oh wait that was biden we're going to have to bring you in another way uh but what as i re- as i read the book all these little details about this period about his relationships um i was surprised you're the guy that had, wrote this and had to immerse yourself in all this what surprised you the most about abe lincoln what was the Characteristic, the experience that you said, wow, I, I didn't know that was there. I didn't. I, we, we get a lot of coverage of his melancholy. People talk about all this, mm-hmm. and I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how what you picked up about his personality. What What surprised you the most?
0: Probably his the depth of his face. And, uh, wow. I, you know, the more I got into it, the more I realized just that, that, that he really was, during his presidential years, a man of deep, deep faith. And it, it grew deeper as the war went on, which I guess is not surprising because it was just such a, an awful, horrible experience. Um, but he did become a, a man of great faith. You know, he knew the Bible probably as, I mean, maybe better than any president for a sense. He quoted it all the time. You know, his, for example, his his famous phrase "a house divided against itself cannot stand." That's straight from the Bible. You know, Matthew twelve twenty five says, "Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself itself will stand." Um, but uh, he, although he was never completely comfortable to organize religion. He attended church. I was just going to say, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Was but he wasn't, was was I don't think, yeah, his upbringing wasn't, and I recall his time in Springfield, uh, he wasn't a big church goer. It wasn't that way. He wasn't there for well, that part of it. You mean his, well, or he, was he? He
0: went, yeah, he, no, he went to church. He liked attending church, both in Springfield and, and Washington, um, in, uh, in in Washington, the Lincolns went to the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church, and I think they, they rented a pew. I think it was fifty dollars a year. You know, that's what the people did back then—they rented pews. And and uh-huh. and he went on Sundays what he could, and sometimes he went on uh, Wednesdays. The 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 uh, rector there was a guy named Phileas Gurley, and he he liked him, and became good friends with him. But he never formally, he never he never joined a church, and he was never baptized. So it's it's so there's that. Uh-huh. But he was he was. Uh, as I say, a man of deep faith as the war went on. He he told his friend Noah Brooks that he said, I've been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction I had nowhere else to go. And he spent a lot of time when he was president with the Bible asking questions like, you know, what does this terrible war mean, and why has God brought it about, and and what is God's will? That's the question he asked again and again, is what is God's will? And he came to think of himself, as he put it, as a humble instrument in the hands of the Almighty. So that, that I think, is what really surprised me the most, the more I got into it, is uh, what a what oh. deep faith he was.
1: We're talking with John Cribb, the best-selling author of the book. It's called Old Abe. It's a historical novel. It's extraordinary about Abe Lincoln. Uh, Republic Book Publishers uh, published it. If you go to republicbookpublishers.com, you'll find out all their books and also that one. Also, Old Abe is sold everywhere. I saw it on Amazon and all those places. Um, so uh, let me ask you a, f- a little bit of a funny – not funny, but this is something that struck me. I'm a father, and I don't know, John. I, I've never asked you if you have a family. But uh, as a as but a Abe, father, yeah. what – yeah, when I watched, and this is going to be a little bit odd, but uh, watch me here. When I watched Jeremy Raskin, the congressman from uh, Maryland, and and I hate the impeachment. I think it's a sham, and I think it's a drama, so I'm yeah. not predisposed yeah. to think positively. But when I saw Jeremy Raskin talk about his son and the way he talked about it, I felt so, I thought it was pathetic, and I thought it was, it, I would say it was despicable, but I was more thought it was pathetic. I was sad for him, because if you have children, if you lost a child, of both experiences I have, um, you... It, it's just beyond belief and uh, I mean it's beyond truly beyond it's just it's in, impossible to describe and and Lincoln lived that I mean almost like how did how can you survive I, and tell me correct me the, the stories he did he lose two of his children and one of them uh, right before yeah. uh, walk me walk me through that loss because how did he handle that in the public it would have been a known thing it would have been a big thing but I, I wonder how he processed it and how it, it was part of his life
0: yeah, well, you're exactly right. He lost two children uh, while he was alive. Uh, one, his son Eddie, who was just about four years old, uh, died in 1850, um, and then uh, of, of what we would call today a tuberculosis. They called it consumption back then. And then he mm-hmm. lost. Uh, they lost a son, uh, Willing, the White House, in uh, February of 1862 to uh, uh, probably typhoid fever. It was devastating to both, you know, to both Lincoln and and Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, I think he dealt with it uh, in three ways. Uh, Number one, laughter. You know, he deliberately sought out a chance to laugh. Uh, Lincoln was a great joke teller and storyteller teller. teller. Uh, People said he was so funny. What he wanted to be that he could make a cat laugh, people said. And he loved reading wow. out of joke books. And sometimes he would start a cabinet meeting by reading, you know, something funny that uh that he had uh had read. So laughter one, what we sold out. Number number two, work. You know, he that he concentrated on work and that was a great uh distraction. I mean he had to prosecute that that war. So uh mm-hmm. work helped him. Uh but then third, faith, you know, again faith. He turned to the Bible for comfort, and uh, that gave him great strength, I think. I think his faith gave him not only the, uh, the wisdom to be a great leader, but it also gave him to, the strength to make it through the, the loss of those uh, children and to make it through the war, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating. It's, uh, it's great. So, um, John, I've asked you this before when we talk. We're talking with John Cribb, and again, his book is called Old Abe, Republic Book Publishers.com uh, is where you can read all those books. But You can find all the books um, by the great that publisher, but also his, also Amazon. Again, Old Abe is the book. John, you have this knowledge now of Lincoln, and the Old Abe is only a period, uh, you know, from the time he wins the election uh, through his death. And uh, are you going to write about Abe Lincoln again? Or are you going to write about somebody else now that you've got this taste? Uh, of uh, of this uh, yeah. historical uh, fiction, uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, I would love to. You might have to talk to Al Regnery about this for me. <laughs> I would love right. to do uh, a uh, a book on kind of the prequel or the backstory of, of uh, you know a book that would start him out as a uh, teenager on the Indiana frontier and take him up uh-huh. through you know the Lincoln Douglas debate. So, I, in a lot of ways, that's the most fascinating story. Uh, part of his life and just how he got from a log cabin to the White House, it's a it's, you know, it's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful story. It's kind of the quintessential American story. So, I mean, I have I actually have the, a draft of the Manuscripts so If you
1: can, if you can, uh, uh, you know, I'll, wor- put the, I'll work, put the work on Regner I'll, 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 <laughs> 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 I'll work on Now We'll get that going. All right, hey John, uh, thank you. I know as the people celebrate uh, Lincoln's uh, birthday and all this stuff, it gives you an, another chance to talk about a subject that you clearly love and know so well. So, congratulations on the book. A book again is old Abe, and uh, keep in touch. John, we appreciate it. We appreciate the book very much and you spending time with us tonight. Thank you so
0: much. I appreciate it. He's 212 years old on, on uh, Friday. So yeah, this is his birthday. Thank oh, you very there much. You go. I appreciate it. All right,
1: yeah. great. All right, John. John Cribb, everybody. The book is Old Abe. And uh, we'll take a break. We've got a lot more after the break. It's said Martin. Be right back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, the other night when I filled in for Andrea Kay, I took the opportunity to have uh, my friend John Cribb on. And John Cribb is the author of a book. I'm holding it in my hand. It's called Old Abe. It's an extraordinary, it's a novel, historical novel published by Republic Book Publishers. And it's really good. It's perfect at this time of year, of course. I had him on the show maybe three months ago. The book came out um, in the middle of last year. It's just a really, really interesting, good book. So for those listeners that are listening, to both Andrea and I, the Andrea On this one, you get a double dose of John Cribb. So welcome back, John. How are you? Great, Ed. Thanks for having me back on. I I really appreciate it. Well, so here's my first question. I've been thinking about this since the last time we talked. I couldn't wait to talk to you. Did anyone ever try to impeach Lincoln? We've learned so much about impeachment. And of course, his successor, President Johnson, was impeached. But was there a movement of impeachment existed at the time? Right. It was in the Constitution. So was there a movement to impeach Lincoln? Yeah, I
0: mean, nothing serious. If there was one, it, it certainly wasn't anything serious. Now, he did have his hands full sometimes with, uh, with Congress. Um, you know, uh-huh. the, uh, the, the war, the war democrats or the, the copperheads, as they were called, uh, were sometimes right. after him. And then the radical republicans, uh, were sometimes after him. And they had a mm. committee on the conduct of the war that was looking over his shoulder all the time. Uh, but, mm. uh, no, but, but, but then, uh, they really, there were Republicans who were so convinced that he could not win re-election that they actually uh, bolted and held their own convention in the, uh, mm. in, you know for the for the, the election of '64 in the summer of '64, and they nominated John Fremont uh, to run against mm. uh, Lincoln, who was who was also a Republican. So they tried to knock him mm. off that way, um, and it really did look going like going into late summer of 1864 that Lincoln would lose re-election. He was convinced he would lose. He told a friend of his he says, you don't think I, I know I'm going to be beaten, but I know I'm going to be beaten in badly. Uh, then, however, hmm. uh, in early September, uh, Sherman uh, took Atlanta, and that, that telegram from, from Sherman saying Atlanta is ours and fairly won changed everything. And all of a sudden, uh, Lincoln was the front runner, and he, he had a pretty easy time being reelected.
1: Uh, we're talking with John Cribb again. The book is called Old Abe, and you know I, I sometimes skip it I know it so well now I skip telling people about it. Um the book actually recounts uh it's a historical novel of the last five years of Lincoln's life. So up to his death, obviously, but he the, the the timing is wonderful because it's right when he's uh nominated. There's a description of he's in Springfield, Illinois. The nomination is up in Chicago and all these kinds of details. It's it's pretty cool. Um but um I want to ask you, uh, uh John, about after he died um did mary mm-hmm. todd lincoln did the, what did the lincoln he he's buried now in um in uh in springfield illinois springfield. in a in an interesting yeah. uh springfield sorry in a very um impressive yeah. uh mausoleum or whatever you call it but but actually in the middle of a of a um of a big cemetery not like a it, you sort of go in a cemetery there's a lot of things around there, there's a huge wonderful it's really incredibly impressive but did um did mary mm-hmm. todd lincoln go back to springfield did his body went back right and uh but what happened to that family after he was gone
0: yeah well, it pretty much fell to pieces, and the the the, the you know the monument he's buried now is, was not there at the time that was built since his uh his internment there in, in the cemetery but um right. mary uh you know she just would have a very very hard time uh coping and she stayed in the White House. They pretty much had to, you know, had to um, drag her out is too strong a word, but they, they had to uh, the Johnson administration had to kinda of ask her if we could have but she, she she ended up living in Chicago for a, a, a good bit of uh the rest of her life. She traveled some uh in Europe and she lived in Chicago and she you know she she was it was hard for the rest of her life and uh her mm. their son Tad um died as a teenager after Lincoln uh, was gone. So mm-hmm. their older son, Robert, was the only surviving son. Mm-hmm. And he, for a while, had Mary, his mother, uh, committed uh, because she was, you know, she was doing the same strange things, like she had a huge amount of money. Sewed in the the hem of her garment that she would just walk around with, and, and and anyway, he he had her he had her committed for a while, and then she was able to uh, to you know to to be released again. It's a very very sad story. I mean, really, you know, the war was just so 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 hard on that that whole family. It really it really tore it apart.
1: Yeah, uh, we're talking again with John Cribb, and the book is called Old Abe, available available anywhere you buy books and published by Republic Book Publishers. Um, John, uh, the Lincoln... as a as a writer, um, he obviously the Lincoln-Douglas debates, which precede the book, this old age, the historical novel goes from the just about the time he gets the nomination, runs for president and wins. So but he was obviously a great speaker. Those those Lincoln-Douglas yeah. debates, if God had willed it, that we could record them. Um, they were, you know, they speak for an hour before taking a break for and then speak another hour and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. But was it, and was his writing? Was he a writer uh, of that caliber of his speaking? Is that is that something he spent much time on in the White House? Yes.
0: Yeah. They, he um, he really he wrote his own stuff, for the important stuff. And uh, he had a couple of, of you know, uh, secretaries who could draft letters and write some stuff. And then his cabinet secretaries you know wrote some documents. But the big stuff, the Gettysburg Address, the second inaugural address, you know, that kind of stuff. He wrote himself and he worked very hard at it. Lincoln knew that that words were very important. So he worked very hard on, on those speeches. And he was a master at uh, using the mass communication media at the time, which was newspapers. And he would make sure those mm. speeches got to the right editors and that they were published mm. so that he could go, you know, the people could, could read his words uh, directly. He was really the first president to take advantage of mass media communication in that way. But but huh. yes, he, he 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 was a wordsmith. I mean, he really was. It, and it's interesting he, when he was a young man living in, in uh, a little frontier village called New Salem, Illinois, uh, just yeah. west of Springfield, tiny little frontier village. He just he realized that if he was ever going to be a good speaker and writer, he needed. To know more grammar, because, you know, he had less than a year of formal schooling. Uh, and so right. uh, his whole life. So he walked six miles to borrow a grammar book called Kirkham's Grammar, and he took it back to New Salem, and he read it, and he memorized every rule, and he would have people test him on the rules till he had, you know, kind of polished the rough edges off of his, uh, off of his grammar.
1: It, that's what I was going to ask. He, uh, he, so he just sort of uh, decided to do it. I mean, uh, you know, this, as I, I, I heard someone say recently, um, don't tell me what you want to do. Tell me what you're going to decide to do. And so he just decided, uh, and that's what I was going to ask. Did he have a mentor that was a, a great writer? Uh, part of the reason I asked this, again, we're talking with John Cribb, who himself is a writer and uh, has written this book all day. But I, part of the reason is my old, my old boss, Phyllis Schlafly, she was so convinced that writing was what made you a clear thinker. And then writing yeah. made you a clear thinker and made you a clear speaker. Did he have mentors that helped him write? Did he have was was uh, Mary uh, Lincoln one of them? I mean, who was who was on his side uh, helping him with that? No, as a matter of fact, he was
0: he was asked uh, in a in a, a, a campaign biographer asked him, you know, about his education. And he, he put on self-taught, self-educated. Um, <laughs> he. uh he did when he that, that when he borrowed that grammar book back when he was a young man, there was the, the village uh, school teacher was a fellow named Mentor Graham. By coincidence his first name was Mentor and he hmm. uh, helped uh Lincoln to some degree. And also when Lincoln became a surveyor when he was a young man, uh to help pay bills, uh, he got a he got he, he got hold of a book of trigonometry and surveying and uh studied up on it and Intergram helped him uh some with that. But he really was self taught you know, he he taught himself the law. He he got hold of a law book mm-hmm. and he uh you yeah. know, as as many people did back then. They didn't go to law school. You know, he just read the law until he knew the law. So um he really was by and large uh self-taught and as i say he had only had less than a year of formal education and that took place in little log cabin schoolhouses when he was uh when he was very young
1: all right same question on speaking he obviously he became very effective as a speaker how did he teach himself to do that was it the study of the law was it uh others around him that that he felt uh you know that he watched and learned from
0: yeah he did when he was uh we, well, but he was very young. He uh, used to live in Indiana. Um, he used to walk miles sometimes to uh, county courthouses to sit and watch lawyers make arguments in huh. court. And he was huh. fascinated by that. And the words... Uh, that they used. Uh and when he was young he also uh used to climb up on tree stumps and you know give little mock speeches to other other kids in the area. And uh when itinerant preachers would come through and give their sermons on Sunday and then on Monday sometimes Lincoln would, would re-give the, the sermon standing on a on a tree stump just to practice um speaking. Hmm. But same thing. He pretty much taught himself and, and you know he got better as he went along with both reading Uh, both writing and speaking. If you look at his early uh, writings uh, from uh, when he was a younger man, uh, the language is more florid and, you know, more adjectives, more adverbs, uh, kind of the way you think of 19th century language. By the time he was president, he'd really pared it down and knew the economy Hmm. of language and made every word uh, mean something. So he, he really, again, you know, gradually taught himself to be a great speaker and a great writer.
1: Well, it's a fascinating book and I appreciate it so much. John, taking some time, uh, the other night with, uh, on the Andrew Kay Show and here on our Show to talk about Old Abe. It's a, well, to talk about Abe Lincoln and then also Old Abe is the novel by John Cribb. Uh, it's really wonderful. It's, it's a great read. It's not, it's a historical novel, but it reads like a novel does. And, and as you sort of r- ramp along and bump along in this, you're like, well, I know Abe Lincoln, but I didn't know all this context. It's a, it's really an, a, an extraordinary achievement. So thank you, John. Enjoy all the attention on Abe Lincoln, who you know so well. Uh, in these days and we'll look forward to talking again sometime soon
0: thank you Adam. i appreciate it and happy birthday to abe at uh, 212 <laughs> years old uh, tomorrow february
1: 12th 2- 212 years old february 12th well thank yeah. you and uh, again the book is old abe a novel by john Cribb, available anywhere you buy books uh, published by republic book publishers we'll take a break and we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment this is the phyllis schlafly report A daily look at the significant issues of our time from an
0: experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values,
1: slander America, and redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Today's political culture wants to polarize everything. You can hardly come across someone on either side of the aisle who's willing to acknowledge what the other side actually believes. If you've ever wondered why political conversations always turn into shouting matches within echo chambers, this polarization is the culprit. Of course, it's easy for a conservative to condemn the feminists who claim all conservatives want to keep women captive in their homes. Obviously, that's not what anti-feminists actually believe. However, if conservatives want to really be effective, we have to take an introspective look as well. Without a doubt, most of the biggest names in feminism have no good motives. They think the dynamic between men and women is a zero-sum game and they're determined to make sure women win. Deeper still, most of them are using feminism as a Trojan horse to force abortion on demand at taxpayer expense on all of us. However, your Aunt Susie or your neighbor or your office mate who claims to be a feminist probably is not a bra-burning fanatic. In all likelihood, She's just been indoctrinated by the constant barrage of equal pay messaging that cascades from the internet, television, and radio. She thinks that her choices are either to be a feminist or to be anti-woman. The next time you talk to a feminist, try a different tactic. Rather than accusing her personally of having bad motives, just have a dialogue about what is meaningful to both of you. Let her know that conservatives want women to have all the choices in the world. Women in America can choose to get married or stay single. They can get a job or stay at home. Feminist leaders, on the other hand, want to shame women into thinking that being a full-time homemaker is somehow less honorable than other professions. Their policies call for families with a full-time homemaker to lose important tax benefits, which put them on an even playing field with their money-earning counterparts. There's no need to polarize anything. An honest discussion about feminism will reveal that conservatives are the ones who truly want to empower women.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Great to be together on this special edition of the pro-america report we're talking all things abe lincoln and uh celebrating i know many folks celebrated over this past weekend i know i did and in fact all day monday i was uh traveling and i had some opportunity to review and read some more of old abe old abe i'm going to be like a salesman for uh, john cribb his book old abe but you got to get it you should read it republic book publishers super super book Uh, read it now let me tell you about something special there are lots of things to do in this country and lots of things that happen uh, that are that are captured through museums and other things. We have a great tradition of that. I want to encourage you to consider visiting in your travels, especially in this summer, perhaps right in the heart of America in Springfield, Illinois, the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum it's extraordinarily well done it's not as um, it's well the Eisenhower Museum which i 've been to also is very small, very simple, very plain, but very nice, very very good actually too in the, in uh, Kansas um, but and i 've been to some others across uh, the time the Reagan Library of course is grand and really unbelievable. The Lincoln Library is right in Springfield and it 's just well done there's lots of interesting pieces, lots of interesting history it 's kind of got lincoln's uh, uh, personal or maybe it's the Midwest. You know, it's kind of, it's serious and nice enough, but it's not overdone. Um, It's a few miles away from there is where Lincoln is buried. And as we heard from John Cribb, uh, Lincoln was buried, he was buried, um, uh, the the large... um, What would you say, tomb and um, and uh, you know, kind of um, memorial to him there in Springfield, Illinois, at his um, where he's buried is newer. It's it's in the last maybe I don't know fifty or seventy five years, perhaps. Uh, But the museum is continuing the uh, Lincoln Museum. It's got lots of interactive features. Uh, I've taken my kids there. We were members when I was living. In St. Louis. And we've probably been six or seven times over a two or three year period. And it's very, very cool and uh, really worth checking out. Uh, And I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. They've got a bunch of interactive pieces and a lot of stuff to do. One of the scenes that I'm looking at now and it's presidentlincoln.illinois.gov It's uh, run, a a lot of it is run, I don't think all of it, but a lot of it is run by uh, the Illinois government. So that's the website, presidentlincoln.illinois.gov And there's in the front entry, there is a light lifetime life-size statues of Lincoln and his wife and his children and it's really well done it's not done in a creepy way but it's well done enough and you can stand next to them so you can see how tall you are of course Lincoln was very tall and so you can stand there and feel how tall he was and he was very thin kind of angular guy and you can sort of see that in this uh in these statues it's really well done and, and the kids are great it's uh it's a it's a great place and I just want to encourage you to visit there uh and to make that put that on your bucket list uh and go and spend some time in that museum you'll learn a lot about Springfield, Illinois that's the opening scene, that's the location or of, of the opening scene in John Cribb's book uh, John Cribb's book, uh, Old Abe, is in Springfield and you do get to see, of course 100 and whatever 40 years later when Barack Obama opened his campaign for president, he was right there in Springfield, Illinois, where he had been a state senator, and so there was uh, you pr- probably some of the people who never been to Springfield or otherwise has they have some images in their mind because of, uh, of Obama, but uh, it's a great museum, so again, I encourage you to go to Abraham Lincoln's uh, Museum the Presidential Museum it's at presidentlincoln.illinois.gov here's a fun detail about it and this won't affect your visit but it's really kind of cool At the president, as the President Lincoln Library, there is a very extensive uh, oral history that has been acquired. And obviously, there's not a lot of people doing oral history about President Lincoln's time because he's long dead, and so is anyone who lived around his time. So it's become a an Illinois oral history, Uh, and so lots of oral history, including about nine hours, as I recall, could be even more, of Phyllis Schlafly being interviewed uh, by one of their oral historians, and a good oral historian must be like a little bit like a therapist they just get you talking and they don't get in your way and so this uh historian that interviewed late phyllis schlafly for i think nine plus hours about her life and about the era fight that's why it was uh the illinois would care one of the pivotal uh fights battles was in illinois and so there's a lot of coverage of that she goes on for nine hours and there's others in the history in the oral history uh of that era uh that are the beginnings of i'd say the pro-family movement and the pro-life movement it's very cool so you Check that out. Also, that's a little harder to do. That's part of the um, the actual library, the sort of professional or um, I guess you'd say more academic library than the part where you're touring through and looking at all these details and seeing the biographical stuff. So, very cool. I encourage you on this uh, as we end uh, the Memorial Day, excuse me, the Abraham Lincoln weekend uh, and the holiday. So many people celebrated on Monday. uh, Consider, if you get a chance, go out to Springfield, Illinois. It's right in the center of town and visit at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. Very cool. All right. Thank you, as always, for listening to the program. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for sharing it with friends, either by email or social media. Thank you to Noah, our great technical director, for doing such a great job. This show is a special show. We put together a little bit ahead of time, so he had to put that together. And Joanna for booking our great guests. So thank you all, and I will talk to you tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.